Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome back to Training Well Done, your podcast on the what, the why, and the how of good quality training. What's going on, good people? It is now February. I'm actually recording this the day it'll be released, so it's February the 2nd. So, um, I hope you are doing well. I'm feeling pretty good today. Today, I got up early got up so i woke up at 4 15 and then i laid down like man i could go back to sleep but then part of me is like well bruh i'm actually pretty awake right now and so i was like well i should just you know get up right like why not because i'll be pissed if i like start to fall back asleep and then my alarm goes off that's gonna upset me so i'm like i'm gonna just get up bruh i'm just get up so got up and uh it's been a good day so far had some good sessions, got some good reading in, kicking my to-do list in the teeth. Now, would not do justice by not uh, making it known that it is Black History Month right now. So, my, um, outside of pretty much everything that I do contributing to Black History, and shout out to everybody else who uh, lives a similar life, you know, Black History Month, history is for everybody. So, history is not just for, um, you know, black people to learn about. It's really for everybody else. So um, make sure you take some time to, you know, acknowledge the uh, works and things, but also take time to cherish the history of where you live, no matter how grim it can be. All right. Also, because of that, I have to shout out my other podcast called The Black Codes. Now, The Black Codes podcast is shot with a good friend of mine, Savannah, in a very similar tone of voice. But uh, it's not as clean, so if you have youthful ears, you may not want to listen to that. But if you like a Saturday night conversation about important topics that includes a little bit of drinking, not raunchy drinking, but a little bit of drinking, that is the podcast for you, good people. So please check that out. Ah, this time of year, normally, I would be, or at least for the last couple years, I'd be getting ready for Ultimate Frisbee. We would have had tryouts, would have, you know, been able to know the roster and been getting ready. Unfortunately, that's still not the case. I am really looking forward to the return of Ultimate. One of our members here, uh, Jasper, play or he will be playing for a team that I, I don't remember if we're going to if they're in our new division right now. But the way that this guy is coming along with his training is making me realize I should probably train like he trains, right? Um, doing all this crazy stuff that I have him doing. Because I'm like, bro, this man is going to be a crazy beast when this comes out. And I don't want to have to guard him. But nonetheless, I look forward to it. If any of you are listening and you're ultimate people, can we throw together? Like, I'm not throwing with you in 20-degree weather. But the way that this winter has been dragging on, I'm definitely willing to throw with you in, like, 40-degree weather. It's just hilarious that I'm just so excited. Like, oh, it's going to be 40 degrees. Like, yay. Uh, get me out of this place. <laughs> but uh, today, here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about stretching before training. And, you know, this essence of warming up is, you know, some people make warming up like this entire art form. And other people make warming up forgotten. And it's somewhere in the middle. The essence of what warming up is is so that your joints or have the in your muscles literally have a higher temperature, 
And when I think about um, me going to run in this weather, my body does not like to run in like sub 35 degree weather, especially sub 30 degree weather, at least if I don't have enough layers on. My right patellar uh, ligament starts to scream at me like, yo, stop this. This is madness. It is freezing and you did not put enough layers on for this. I will punish you. And I'm like, come on, man, just run, just run. It's like, no, this hurts. And I'm like, all right, man. So my right knee does not like this cold weather. And I have to really warm up to get it to comply. And that warming up is, you know, getting the joint actually warm, which really consists of doing a lot of exercises. It's like getting in a mini workout before I actually go ahead and run just to, you know, be able to not have it click and get on my nerves and seize up on me. And so also part of, you know, warming up, so it's literally just that, but it also extends into like basically neuromuscular recruiting and being able to quote unquote prime your neuromuscular system for certain movements. So if you think about, let's say you're getting uh, ready to do a track meet, right? If you've done high school track, if you currently do like club track, high school track, or if you're a serious runner, you have a series of drills that you do. Yes, the drills get your muscle temperature up, but the drills, if you do them with intent, are actually there to help with being able to get you to um, be able to recruit the right movement patterns before you actually get started. And so, you know, and the, the ideas that, that will transfer over into the actual uh, practice or the running. So that's what warming up really means, okay, in being able to get ready. Now, some people will make warming up like its own little mini skills practice. But at a certain point that you start to practice and you're really seriously working on skills, you shift it into practice, which is something that I uh, really am trying to beat into the heads of my high schoolers that we're not doing these A skips and these high knee runs and these various drills just for the sake of getting your muscles to be of a higher temperature. I actually consider that part part of practice and the like skill based part of practice. And so with that, I'm always reiterating the focus of doing these drills. Whereas, you know, kids who have run for different high school teams where their prep phase and warm-ups are kind of just social 20 minutes or kind of just brushed off, they have a hard time sometimes adjusting to that. And it takes me a lot of energy for some of these kids to beat that into their heads. Other kids get it. Now, when we look at warming up, people do a variety of things, but two main things, and the big part of what this podcast is about is about stretching, and stretching before you warm up, and so we're going to mainly just talk about that. Now, there's this looming question as this you know, sport performance in, in field has grown with exercise science, and that question is, is static stretching bad before you compete or train? Bad is not a good word to, to use, right? And I specifically asked that question that way because that's how it is often brought up. Is this bad? Or other people are like, oh, it's really bad to static stretch before you train. Now, there's the reason people ask that, for those of you who are not in the know, there's two types of stretching, basically, when it comes to people getting ready to train. Static stretching, dynamic stretching. 
So in a nutshell, that's what that is. Now, static stretching, I'm going to just answer the question. It's not bad before a training session, but it's the least optimal way to go about getting a proper warm-up. But it's not bad. Getting a dynamic warm-up is better. And if you do some static stretching before you train or compete, you should then do some dynamic stretching after and then get into some sports-specific prep after that. All right? And if your time is short, dynamic stretching is more of a priority. That's what I'll say. Now, I'm going to describe to you what's going on here uh, for static and dynamic stretching, and then you'll be able to understand a little bit more why. Now, I want you to think, um, and I'm going to talk about this in light of, you know, high school track. So I'm thinking about my high school track team. Now, what's happening when we do some static stretching? First of all, you're getting some lengthening in the tissue, okay? And, and what is static stretching, first of all? Static stretching is where you hold a position for anywhere from some ambiguous number between over 20 seconds, right? If you're doing like yoga, you might be static stretching in any given position for 30 seconds to a minute even. But um, yeah, it's usually something that's over 20 seconds. You know, it could be considered over 10 seconds. This gets into this line of ambiguity of, oh, this is that, and coaches fighting over these seconds. Um, but that's the essence of static stretching. Dynamic stretching is where you are usually like doing like lunges or different types of leg pulls, but you're moving constantly in and out of a stretch. So you're really working on the joint range of motion actively, okay? So static stretching, what's happening? First of all, you're getting lengthening of the tissue. So your muscles are elastic and you have fascia tissue um, that goes throughout your muscles and throughout your they are, they make up your tendons and your ligaments and they flow throughout your body. We'll get into that another day. But you're getting the muscle tissue to lengthen, all right? That's literally stretching, right? You're stretching it out. Part of the reason that static stretching is less optimal for getting ready to prepare, especially let's say for my high school sprinters or if we have a, a serious practice coming up, is that static positions give you a parasympathetic tone. What is parasympathetic tone? It brings down your flight or it brings down your fight or flight mechanism. Okay, when you have a high sympathetic tone, let's say like somebody jumps out at you, that those type of stimuluses get your sympathetic tone up, and that's a, a nervous system thing. Okay, so the sympathetic tone of your nervous system, your parasympathetic tone, it it has to do with like neurotransmitters and things like that. So static stretching brings you down. That's why yoga is full of static stretches. It brings you down, right? Now, the research shows that doing static stretches before your uh, per performance will not actually decrease the performance. It just doesn't help. And it's also not explicitly stated in the research that static stretching before you go ahead and train actually increases performance either. So it doesn't help your performance at all, and it's not necessarily going to hurt your performance if you don't do it, all right? Now, that is, I'm, I still like static stretching, but it's about when to do it. So with GHP and with a lot of my athletes, we will do static stretching, like I mentioned before, before the dynamic stretching. 
I've been sitting in this chair oh, for like a couple hours now. And, you know, this aspect of being in a seated position or, you know, you were, dri- you know, you were driving, you were standing a while, you, you feel a little stiff and locked up. Getting a good 30-second, one-minute stretch is great for that. And I find that being able to do some static stretching before, especially for, like, my quads, uh, my hip flexors and quads, before getting into, you know, the dynamic stretching and the serious training makes me feel a world better uh, versus just getting into the dynamic stretching. And so that's when it's really useful. Also, if you have an athlete who is... Um, really inflexible, being able to spend some time doing static stretching can help with unlocking more range of motion. Now, be careful with that. Sometimes athletes don't have range of motion. Let's think about being able to lift your hip flexor up to your knee. I'm sorry, oh my God. Lifting your hip flexor up to your chest. Like, Can you get your knee up to your chest right, without putting your hands on it? Sometimes that's more of a weakness thing, like, oh, my hip flexor is inflexible, it doesn't, you know, get up that high, it doesn't want to, you know, stretch out. You just sometimes need to get stronger. Sometimes weak hamstrings look tight, but they're just weak. And as you strengthen those muscles, you can also gain more range of motion. But other times with athletes, especially high school boys, part of their lack of range of motion is just literally lack of flexibility. So static stretching is great for them, especially to spend like, you know, five, eight minutes, 10 minutes after practice doing that stuff. So that's a great time. Before you do your dynamic stretches, if you've been, if you've been really immobile for a while, or if you just feel, you know, tight in a joint, like you just need to stretch it out, right? And then also you know, at the end of your training session. So that is, you know, that is that, all right? Also, if you just need to calm down, right? Life's crazy. Now, dynamic stretching, what is that? So dynamic stretching is when you are moving in and out of positions. The easiest way for me to describe this to you is if you were to do lunge walks, right? So you lunge down, you're getting a nice, you're in a nice tall posture. So your the front, your hip flexor and your quad are getting a stretch from you being in this lunge position. And then you just walk and you do another lunge. Or you pull your foot back to stretch your quads and then you just walk and do it again. Or you do some side lunges and you go from side to side and you flip it around town and you go side to side again, stretching that groin out. And then as you do that, Yes, you are getting stretch in those joints, but you're also like mechanically using your muscles to move. So you're getting the temperature to go. If you keep, if you do lunge stretches and you do lunge walks for 20 yards, you are going to get uh, your hips and your knees. Those joints are going to get warmed up. So those type of movements help prep, prepare your range of motion. They increase the joint flow, I mean, joint blood flow and the joint uh temperature. Now, the reason that's important in in static stretching doesn't really increase that temperature as much and um, doesn't really increase the blood flow because you need to like use those muscles to get the blood flow going, at least to increase. And so now you're actually able to unlock more movement versus if you were to just go out and run. So let's say it's, you know, it's track practice. So you want to go out and we got 
we got 10 minutes, we got to get ready to go hurdle. You're not going to want to just simply, you know, touch your toes and hold this long stretch. Although, again, I would suggest you do that before this dynamic piece. But the dynamic stretching is actually going to get your body warmed up so that you can actually access this range of motion that you have that you might not be able to have just walking down the street. That's why if somebody's in a rush to go ahead and maybe you got a street race or you're about to go play some quick hoops, more experienced athletes are more prone to going to just do some lunges and squats, some squat jumps, um, doing you know some basketball-specific stuff or some running-specific stuff just really quickly to get prepared to go do that because that's, they just inherently know that it's going to prime them up to go ahead and do this endeavor really quickly. Versus if they just stand there and touch their toes and do a couple you know, side-to-side twists or whatever, they're not really going to be prepared to have a random street race or to have a random bout of basketball. So that is something to consider. Also, dynamic stretches help prime that nervous system for athletic movement. You can get pretty creative with these dynamic movements in regards to finding different ways to get the hips in the back to go through different ranges of motion that are going to not necessarily mimic what you're about to do, but get you prepared for those type of movements, whether it's like you're sitting down and you're doing a bunch of uh, different movements with your hips and your knees. It's really hard to describe on here. If you scroll Instagram and find some of these mobility pages, they take this to the like 15th nth degree, um, sometimes to an unnecessary point, but I get the spirit of it. And, you know, it's good to incorporate some of that stuff. So I hope that helps. If you are listening to this because you're like, hey, what is what should I be doing, dynamic or static stretching? You probably already know what dynamic stretching is, so I don't need to get into heavy details about what that looks like. All right? So this is a shorter show, but I did want to put that out there, help you understand that. So just as a recap, static stretching, you're getting the tissue lengthened, you're getting a parasympathetic tone that calms you down, Um, Research shows it's not going to hurt your performance, but it also doesn't really have any big benefits either, especially if you do that alone. So my recommendation is that you do static stretching before you do your dynamic stretching or after you do your workout. And your dynamic stretching is great for every single time you're about to train, you should do some dynamic stretching. There are a lot of drills you can find online. You can shoot me a just DM and send you some stuff. But you can just type in dynamic stretching on the internet and you'll find thousands of things. Okay? If you just follow a track practice, they have some of the best dynamic stretches, but I'm biased. So dynamic stretching, great to do every single time you train. You're going to be able to increase the blood flow. You're going to be able to increase the temperature of the muscle. You're going to be able to get your body more prepared to do sporting movements as well as keep your body primed and ready to be explosive and train, okay? And as far as what warming up is, I've mentioned this before, it literally does mean to warm up, all right? So static stretching is not bad to do, but dynamic is better, all right? I hope that helps you out, and I have a training session coming up very shortly, and... um, The young lady is not doing any sort of stretching. She's actually just sitting there texting. (laughs) So we're going to get on out of here. But remember, um, share this podcast with a friend. 
like, subscribe, and share this with a runner or a colleague or a teammate that you know that needs to do some training that's well done, all right? Make sure you go on our website, www.ghperformance.com, grab our ebook, 10 Exercises to Eliminate Running Pain, and leave us uh, a review about that. You know, shoot me a line about how you like it, okay? And if you are not local to Pittsburgh and you're interested in remote coaching, we can help you out, whether it's with your strength training or your running training. Shoot us a line. You can also find all that information at www.ghperformance.com. Until next time, good people, I will holla at you later. Happy training.